Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. We are living in an extraordinary historic moment that's not a surprise to anyone. And in this historic moment, because of its nature, meditation is more relevant to more people than probably at any other time in history. We could probably say it's no longer a luxury, but a necessity for many who are suffering from the loss of freedom that is being experienced throughout the world by the anxiety, the fear, the paranoia that is being provoked, the uncertainty at all levels of biological life, social life, political life, financial life, existence itself. Everything is in the balance in a time in which no future can be planned, nothing is known. We are in that moment of the indeterminacy that cannot be decided by the ego. The ego has lost its effectiveness, its usefulness as an organ of consciousness. And we require a transcendence to a higher level of intelligence, a higher level of our being that is fearless and that is clear and that is able to navigate this new world that is a dying world and see what is being born and perceive the blessings and perceive the ways to be a giver of blessings in this time of darkness for many. But what is dystopia to the ego may well be utopia for the real self. And so it is this shift of our own paradigm that meditation will bring to us if we are willing to go beyond the ego, to return to the self, to be who we really are, and to abide as that in such a way that our physical and cognitive and emotional capacities become able to serve as a channel for the flow of shakti, of wisdom, of light, of healing love and compassion. And of that vibrational frequency that can shift a soul out of the illusion that there is a world and to see the truth that there is only consciousness.
This is what the perennial philosophy has always taught, the great tradition, the esoteric level of all the religions and spiritual traditions, that there is only one self, one intelligence, one supreme actor, and that all that seems to appear is simply a dream within that consciousness a simulation of reality, but not real. The world is God inside out. And when we are no longer inside out, when we have gone within and brought that within into the outer, when we have united the inner and the outer, when we have recognized the consciousness that can be a collapsed quantum wave that seems like a world of fixed forms and identities and limited potentialities and contractions of fear and desire and of lostness and confusion. When we can turn that inside out, when we can reveal the light and the love and the joy and the perfection of the poetry of God's heart and mind that are bringing the world to a beautiful conclusion, a beautiful consummation of all possibilities, to allow a world of suffering to die quickly so that a world of peace and love and joy and beauty, goodness and Miraculousness can be reborn. But in this transition phase, if one is lodged still in the ego, that part of the consciousness identified with the physical body and identified with the mind that is trapped in language, in the flow of thoughts that are embedded in duality and in the belief that the world is real and not a simulation, not a dream in God's mind that believes that we are in danger, that believes that we are in some kind of dire circumstances, then that mind will create paranoid vibrational frequencies that produce more negative karma, more suffering, more loss of freedom, more loss of the sattvic capacity to penetrate through the apparent to the real and to enable a fearless encounter with the real to bring us home to the God self from which we have traveled lifetime after lifetime in order to arrive at this end point, this omega point foretold by every sage and philosopher since the beginning of this Kali Yuga, but that now is being actualized at a time when ironically everyone had lost the religious beliefs that had foretold and prophesied all of this and lost the understanding or, or belief in goodness and purity and 
in the reality of God or the self. Now at that very moment in which the darkness of the ego's cynicism and denial of love and of light and of the real, now at that moment we are faced with both the whirlwind of the karmic reaping of what has been sowed by the collective ego and also at the same time the revelation and the rapture the bliss of the return of God because that's what the ending of the world is it's the return of the realization that there never was a world but only God who appears as that singularity of light and power and potentiality that can once again redream the world in its most beautiful form before it was degraded by the ego consciousness that brought the world into its current crisis. So this is what has been called Nivriti Marga. There are two Margas or pathways in traditional yoga or even in in Eastern philosophy in general, the pravriti marga and the nivriti marga. The pravriti is the outgoing. When the world is new and young and beautiful and open and there are always new horizons of possibility, then one wants to build, one wants to explore the outer, one wants to express one's creativity in the constructions that are possible for the mind and for form itself. But as the world returns, as the circle ends up returning to its omega and, and alpha point, there is a need to withdraw from the outer, to return to the source from which we have come and to refresh, to renew, to recharge the batteries that have become exhausted over lifetime after lifetime of proceeding in an externalized manner. But now the world is exhausted. The natural resources are exhausted, the political and social resources, and the world is literally shutting down. And the external possibilities and its horizons that could offer hope and progress and all the dreams that people used to take for granted that they could have fulfilled in life have now become an impossibility. It's very difficult for people who were indoctrinated to think that the world was their oyster and they could make all kinds of money and have everything that they desired if only they played the game properly, et cetera, et cetera, and to find out that no, that's no longer the case. The rules have changed. Even in the media, you're now reading always about the new great reset, which means the end of the world as we knew it, the end of the conditions in which freedom was taken for granted or even sanity for that matter. And reliability, consistency of the law and of the way that people would behave toward one another. And we are now seeing a collective madness ensue 
psychosis that has become collectivized and generalized and aggressivity and paranoia rising, mounting to their maximum. And so in a time of this kind of very high tension and of terror, of conflict of every kind, and of the incomprehensibility of the ways in which those current authorities are managing this supposed crisis and are turning it into a way of bringing about a totalitarian loss of freedom for everyone. This short circuit of everything we thought was reality and was expected by the human species to be honored brings us back to the core of what we are when we can no longer depend on the external world for the support that it used to give. When it's now a place of danger, of sickness, and of mob violence, of death. How does one retain one's spirit, one's life, one's light, one's empowerment, one's creative imagination, one's ability to love with an open heart, with innocence, with purity, with goodness. How does one retain one's soul and one's connection to the purity of spirit in a time of such darkness? This is the challenge that yogis face. But at the same time, it is what is motivating people as never before to go inward. Because when you're in lockdown, there isn't much else you can do. And so as the external possibilities uh, are minimized, the potentiality for the internalization of consciousness for the rediscovery of those resources that are supernatural, that are connected to God consciousness and derive their being from our own immortal self, our eternal light, that is now available as never before. And the time to concentrate and to be present to the innermost being is now reaching its maximal. So if we take advantage of what this time is giving us, rather than resisting it and regretting it and feeling the remorse of what is lost, of feeling the potential of what can be gained now by going within, by letting go of all of those desires of the ego, and of all of its fear, because it can reach that state of fearless presence when it knows that it is not the body, not the mind, not anything with form that could decompose or be harmed. 
when you know what you are, then you gain a freedom that cannot be taken away. And you regain a power that is our true inheritance and birthright as manifestations of the one supreme self. So in Nivriti Marga, meditation is not an activity that one engages in. It is one's beingness. It's not something you do, it's the realization of what you are that never comes to an end. And it's this kind of meditation that is required now, a meditation that isn't interrupted by a return to the ego mind and its fears and confusions and lostness and its embeddedness in duality. We want to reach that place of the self that does not change, cannot be lost, and that is not dependent on any conditions. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.